What's up? What's up, everybody? Hello, I'm Nate Mendel. The date of this recording is Monday, July 15th of 2019. Today's topic is about Oman, or Oman Rosh Hashanah. Um, before I get started, let me just, uh, a couple disclaimers. First of all, I'm sitting outside and recording. I've never sat outside when I recorded. There probably will be ambient noise in the background. Uh, secondly, I'm a little hungover from last night's Simcha. A friend of mine had a baby girl, so we celebrated. So if I say anything stupid, forgive me. Lastly, I would like to say that my episodes weren't necessarily in the past clean, PG, uh, even though there was, wasn't a lot of cursing. Uh, moving forward, they will continue not to be PG. So if you're sensitive to curse words, this may not be for you. Um, I've always felt that in intellectual discourse, cursing uh, was a display of emotions, so it wasn't needed. Uh, however, when I'm passionate about things, I use curse words. Um, so if I'm talking about things that are not necessarily um, philosophical by nature, or if I'm not sitting and having a conversation with someone that requires precision, and zero emotion, then I would like to allow myself the freedom to express myself as I please and as I feel comfortable. So that will include the occasional Jesus fucking Christ type of shit. Um, today's topic was about Oman, right? So Oman is actually around the corner this year. Uh, it's coming up in a month or two, until, uh, August, September, yeah month or two, two, maybe two, three months. Um, most people know about Oman because it's a huge in-gathering. It's a, it's a huge gathering of primarily men that go for Rosh Hashanah to celebrate the new year. Um, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov is buried there. Uh, so there there's a lot of uh, interesting facts and things that surround the whole background of Breslov and Rabbi Nachman and why there and why people go and the whole nine yards. I'm not going to get too deeply into that. I just want to share more of a uh, perspective or maybe a little bit of a light. So most of what I'm going to share revolves around practicality, uh, not so much from the intricate religious and traditional perspective of this whole topic. Rabbi Nachman was a very smart and wise person who lived about 200, a little bit, about 200 years ago. And he has Lakute Moran and a couple Svarim, people who study it and are into it, like myself, or people who are into Hasidus, they understand his stuff. Uh, he said that he wanted to be buried in Oman, and he said that he wanted his followers to come to him for Rosh Hashanah. If you come to him, you know, you'll see blessings and different things throughout the year. Thousands and thousands of people, probably 30, 40,000 people at this time go there every year. Um, thousands of people 
see great results in their spiritual journey and in their growth uh, through going there. Um, it's not even debatable. Uh, you could believe it or not believe it. Don't give a shit. Um, what really matters is the stigma, the way that people, the way that people who want to go or are considering to go, uh, the way that they have to kind of struggle with themselves. And that's a little bit more along the lines of what I want to share. So what is Oman in a bigger picture? All the, like I said, all the traditional stuff aside, what is Oman? Oman, first of all, is a place where you see very happy people. I don't know how to explain this, but the happiest people you'll ever find will be in Oman. I've never experienced, most people never experience thousands of just happy people in one place. That is Oman. And that experience alone is life-changing. You know how, you know, if you ever uh, dabbled or messed around with um, drugs or uppers, let's say you take an ecstasy pill, back when we were younger, you know, you experiment on these things. It's an eye-opening and life-changing experience. Now, hopefully you get off of it and you never mess around with that stuff, but Nobody, nobody denies that it's, it's life-changing, right? So this is Oman at first glance. And I love it. Every year I show up, you walk down Pushkino, the main street there. There's thousands of people. People are happy. So that's number one. And it's not something to take lightly or to make away. If you are into spirituality on any level and you want to experience very profound things that itself is worth the trip just seeing and being part of that is worth the trip and that's right off the bat and when I mean right off the bat that's right when you show up you, you see happy people and what's really amazing is that depending on how it falls out you usually end up the Oman trip is usually a six seven day trip regardless of when Rosh Hashanah falls out, if it's before or after Shabbos. I'm talking about from, uh, for people that come from the States. If you come from Israel, it's different because you could jump on a quick plane on a Friday or something like that. But uh, coming from the States, it's a six-day trip usually, six or seven days minimum, depending on how it falls out. And the travel from here to there is essentially 24 hours because of the time change. So if you leave your house... Uh, Thursday afternoon to go to the airport in the States. Wow, that's loud. Um, if you leave your house Thursday afternoon in the States to go to the airport, you're going to be arriving to Oman about 24, 25 hours later because of the airport, the flight, the drive, and the time change. What's really amazing, before I get off topic, is... When Rosh Hashanah comes in, doesn't matter if you had Shabbos before, it doesn't matter what the deal is. When Rosh Hashanah comes in, that happiness that I'm talking about, it just, it, it magnifies, it like doubles and triples. You go, you go into shul, there's, there's a bunch of shuls and different huts and places, people are davening, you know, it's all, 
you walk on the street, doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, everyone is happy, Ex- almost, almost ecstatically happy for no fucking reason. <laughs> it's amazing. It makes me laugh with excitement because it's amazing to see so many people happy for essentially no reason is an amazing experience. Uh, There could be reasons why people are so happy. Um, It's not drugs, contrary to, you know, these bullshit rumors and things like people like spreading. It's not drugs. Let me just say a couple things. First of all, most people who go there are ultra-Orthodox, black and white, just so we understand a little bit of what's happening here. Uh, the cool guys, the bums, the nanachs, the you know, all those types are almost a minority. So let's let's just get that out of the way. It's important that you understand who goes there. More than half the population there, of of the people that gather, who fly out, are ultra orthodox, black and white. Um, they're happy. And so is everyone else. Why are they happy? Um, There could be a million reasons. uh, But from an interesting perspective, uh, if you analyze the whole situation, you realize that you don't have anything there. Now, they are, in recent years and continuously, they have been building out uh, nice hotels. If you got the dough, you could pay for a nice place once you're there. Almost five-star You'll pay five, ten bucks, uh, five, ten grand for a bed, but it's doable. I mean, meaning if you have the money, you'll have a, a decent thing. But most people there are with bare minimum. So you know, we're we're talking. You show up after a day of travel, and let's just say, like last time I was there, two years in a row, you, you you're basically taking 30, 40,000 people, stuffing them into a little tiny town that can't handle it. So everything starts malfunctioning, essentially. From sewage, to water, to heat, to electricity, things stop working correctly. Um, last year when I showed up, it's Erev Shabbos, or Erev, Erev Yontif maybe. And there's no hot water. Right, so that's okay, no hot water. Then there's no water. Sorry, they're refilling the tanks or something. So you're talking about Arab Shabbos. Hundreds of people, thousands of people are trying to shower and do things. There's no water. What's my point? There is nothing there. There are no things. Physical, material things. Nothing. There ain't nothing there. So you're not going for luxury. You know, if you've ever went to a festival uh, or a camping weekend, if you're into camping or hiking... Minimalism, right? You're happy being one with nature. You're in the woods. I feel good right now, sitting out, listening to the crickets in the background and all the noise. Right? So if you're the person that enjoys this world, that takes in all that nature has to offer, you could appreciate minimalism. That is Oman. You're not going for luxury. There is nothing there. It's the opposite of luxury. Get off the plane, 
you hop in a van, you stuff into a van with a bunch of people, suitcases on your laps and on your shoulders, and you're in for a three, four hour bumpy ride to Oman. And then when you get there, it's no better. So that is Oman. So that's number one. Why are people so happy? Because when you take things out of the equation, and it's just soul, just soul and experience, having experiences with people, expressing yourself, talking and socializing, and it creates happiness, it creates, it creates an atmosphere of happiness, and people are saying stories and sharing their life, and just, you would almost think that everyone's on ecstasy there, but most people are not on substances, believe it or not. Um, I, as with anything Jewish, there's obviously a lot of alcohol involved. Um, but even that, I would say the majority are not really. It's just like it's just like any other, you know, it's like going to a show, going to a kiddish or anything that a congregation does has alcohol. And um, weed, weed is not even a topic, you know. If somebody wants to say that it's, it's about getting high on weed, I mean, weed is, is akin to, to cigarettes in 2019, so... Forget about, forget about that. Um, yeah, you'll have you'll have um, individuals here and there that you'll you'll notice that they're off their rockers, they're high and on something. But that's not your, you know, your 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 average person is just they are happy, maybe drinking some cheap vodka. Uh, what is it called? Nemirov. Uh, they have a couple of these companies that you know, it's almost a joke over there. Um, Oman. Ukraine, amazing, amazing experience. So everything's everything's cheap. Cigarettes cost you a dollar. Everything's cheap there. Help. <laughs> you get a Ukrainian to help you lug your suitcases, pay him a buck. Pay him five bucks, they'll get down on their knees and kiss your feet. Um, it's a cheap, cheap place. Um, but I want to talk about the experiences, right? So I talked about happy. In, uh, it's it's amazing. I, I just can't even. I don't want to go away from happy because happy is such a big aspect of all of it. And it's interesting. I, I've never heard anyone talk about this or express it in the way that I am right now. But this is always how I saw it. To me, it's like wow. Why is everyone just kind of smiling and happy? And that's your average person in Oman. They're having an experience. It's not about things. You took things out of the way, and it's all about experience. And sharing, all of a sudden, everyone's equal, everyone's happy. Now, that's just one reason. Obviously, there could be a million reasons. I'm happy when I go because I'm, I'm happy to be there again. And, and I'm happy for my personal prayers that I'm going to do there. And I'm happy to see everyone. And you know, there's a million reasons to be happy. But um, for everybody, it's different, right? So every, every, every person is an individual having their individual spiritual experiences. So everyone's happy for a different reason. But to have so many people happy together is itself an experience, which is just out of this world. So happiness, yeah. I mean, so you ask me, what is Oman? It's a place full of happy people. Again, leave all the religious stuff out of it, all the traditional stuff out of it, leave it all. It's a good, happy experience. If you're into spirituality, if you're into having 
uh, mind-blowing experiences, you, you know, maybe you like traveling, maybe you like seeing things, maybe you like experiencing new things. If you're a cave person and you're afraid to travel, you're afraid to see things and experience, experience things, don't go. But if you want to have just an amazing experience, fucking go. Right? A couple years ago, it was like, it's almost like, either have to be religious to go there, or if I go there, I'm going to become religious. Fuck all that shit. For real. Like, fuck all that shit. You have to graduate. When you graduate, that type of thinking, that meager, small-minded, boxed, trapped, imprisoned thinking, when you graduate that, and you learn how to enjoy life on a human and soul level, you could have amazing experiences, like Oman. So if you're procrastinating because of stupidity like that, forget about that. Let me come back to the experiences in a second. If you're procrastinating, usually procrastination for a Jewish boy thinking about going um, is, in the, is in the form of one or two ways, usually. Uh, there's two stumbling blocks. One is the stigma, the garbage that we grew up with. Especially like, for example, if you grew up in New Square where they rail, they have a freaking hard-on for um, Rebbe Nachman and Breslov and all that shit, right? Because a, cu a couple hundred years ago, there was some uh, dissension or whatever, and there was some fighting and bickering. It's uh, typical, typical Jewish stupidity. So therefore, Breslov and Rebbe Nachman, and it's all wacky, and it's all bad, and blah, 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 and all that stupidity. Okay. So you have that. That's one stumbling block. And it's not just a new square... You grow up ultra-Orthodox, like I grew up, you have these, these things that we were taught, this garbage, <sighs> sewage that was put into us, right? So that's one, one stumbling block, because even if you graduate that, you got past that, it, you're st it's still ingrained, and that's where a lot of your uncertainties are coming from. I know this, I, I've, I've experienced... Uh, Dozens of people go through these struggles in their mind and these thoughts. And every year, people who think about going literally struggle with that. Um, number two is uh, peers and friends. So peer pressure. What's my friend going to think if I'm going? Okay, If I'm not religious and my friends are not religious and I go, like I said before, maybe you're afraid you're going to become religious. And what are people going to think? People are going to think that you're becoming religious or that you're becoming... These are the roadblocks. Could you believe it? C could you believe that these are the roadblocks to a great experience? It's so petty. If you think about it, really, it's so petty. It's mind-blowing that something so petty is a roadblock to something so great. What are people going to think? Fuck what people think. Grow up. You feel me? If you could get past those two roadblocks, which are petty and childish... Go to a therapist, get help. You understand what I'm saying? Get help. If you're really struggling with something that petty, you need help. But let's just say you get past that stupidity, what people are going to think, and the sewage that was ingrained in us poured down our throats growing up. If you get past those two things, you are now a worthy vessel 
a soul on a journey, a spiritual journey where you're now ready. You're now able to experience something profound. Okay? I just had to get that, you know, I had to get that out of the system. Even though this episode is not about focusing on that negative side of things, it is a huge thing though. And it's a whole debate. Go into YouTube. Should I go to Uma? Should I not? Every rabbi has an opinion on it. <laughs> Sick. What kind of world we live in. You tell me what kind of spiritual experience I'm supposed to have. Um, so Oman. Wow. Happy place. Happy people. And if you think it's a certain type, it's not. The, the next thing you see, the ne- you know, you want to know what Oman is? I'll tell you what Oman is. It's colorful. You see every type of person you could ever think of. From the black and whites, ultra-orthodox, all the way to completely not, non-religious, dreadlocks, tattoos, whatever you could think of, whatever kind of person you could think of, that is where you really experience what Jews are, similar to Israel, right? Jews are not black and white, Jews are not yellow, Jews are not green, Jews are human beings with a soul. And regardless of what color they are, or their skin, or how they dress, or what they put on their bodies, you get to experience a mixture of all these beautiful souls. So Oman is completely colorful. You'll see every kind of person, you'll experience every kind of person and personality there. That's a beautiful thing. Again, I'm drawing on experiences here. I don't think of Oman as Oman, Rosh Hashanah... These are labels, and I'm going to dive in, and whatever you do that you do there ain't my problem. You understand? You understand? Ain't my problem. Whew. I got to calm down. I'm a little too hungover. Um, It's not my problem. It's not anyone's problem what you do there. These are all labels. These are all little things. What I'm drawing on are the the bigger things, the experiences. And this is what you should think about if you go. Think about these beautiful, amazing experiences. Life is all about experiences, right? Everything we do is to build an experience. Things that make us happy. Entertainment. Everything we do is all about experiences because you want to have a good experience. Even when you're being comfortable, you want to have a comfortable experience because that makes you feel good. So if you get on the level of, of focusing on experiences, that's something to reckon with. So we have the happy factor. You have the colorful factor. Beautiful, a truly beautiful display of Judaism and what it means that there's every kind of Jew and what it means that you can be any kind of Jew and you're still a Jew. So that, that's the second thing you experience there in Oman. What else? You experience a lot of singing. Maybe even dancing if you're into that. Um, I think the first and second night of Yom Tif, you go to the caver and there's dancing. Usually Matafrank comes there, gets everybody riled up. Um, so if you're into dancing, fine. Singing, for sure, because there's a lot of meals, right? You have Yom Tif, you have uh, Shabbos, and you have these meals. 
So you're with a bunch of happy people. What do happy people do? They sing. So if you're into music and singing, that's what you're going to experience there. Now, if you're not, like if you literally hate that, then maybe Oman is not for you. Yeah, you know, Oman, in a certain sense, you know, people say it's for everyone, which is kind of what I'm saying. Uh, but at the same time, it's not for everyone. First of all, if you're too bougie and you need your comforts and your luxury, then Oman might not be for you unless you want to challenge that aspect of your personality. Meaning, if you're bougie and, and, and you, lo you love your comforts, but you want to break out of that a little bit, and you might say, hey, I want to go camping. I want to go to Oman because I want to have these experiences where I'm challenging myself not to be a stickler. Then yes, but if you are the guy that's going to complain how uncomfortable it is, then, then no. Don't go camping. Don't go to Oman. Don't go to festivals. Basically, don't experience things in life. <laughs> Kidding. There's a lot to experience in life outside of these uh, things. I'm not saying it's the only way to live, but it's, it's great to experience different things. And if you are a stickler for comfort, maybe you need to challenge yourself a little bit. You know, you might come to find that other experiences are great. I'm a very clean person, a little bit OCD about cleanliness and certain things, but I go camping. So how does that work? Um, I used to love dogs and animals. I've kind of grown out of that because I don't like their hair and their smell and like all these, all these things, right? Very sensory. But at the same time, if there's a dog all over me, I don't care. Right, so there's a certain balance, and it's important to have balance. I've talked a lot about balance. Everything comes down to balance in life, because you can't be too extreme in anything. Um, so it's important and potentially very good for you to challenge that if you want to. But if not, okay. So Oman's not Oman's not for you um, if you're that. Oman's not either for you if you really don't like singing and dancing you know in Breslov we have this tradition from Rabbi Nachman when there's a circle of people dancing and you have the person standing on the side he's a little shy to get involved you pull him in next thing you know he's pulling other people in right so that that's the Breslov way so if you're going to be in Oman on the sidelines you will get dragged in to be involved in things which will ultimately give you your experience but if you're so afraid of these things and you so much don't like it, singing and dancing and being part of happy things, then don't go to Oman, right? Don't be that negative person that's sitting there grumping, moaning and groaning. Nobody needs that there. You don't need that there. You don't want to be there if you're going to be that there. So Oman is not for everyone in that sense. On the other side, it is for everyone because it's a colorful place and it's a great experience. But on the other hand, it's not for everyone. So we got the happy factor. You have the colorful. You have the singing, dancing, of course, festivities, food galore, depending on where you eat. Uh, right? So you have to buy a ticket. And unless you're bringing a tent, which you can... And unless you're eating by Shiner, which is free, I think, or maybe it's a couple bucks for a pass, you have to figure out food and amenities and stuff. So 
you need money for a, a hotel and now it's kind of like all inclusive like if you go to a hotel depends which ones um, depending on which ones you'll get um, you'll get food uh, better hotels for the right price uh, some hotels will even give you an option let's say you know a thousand dollars for a bed and a mikvah and everything plus 500 for food or like 1500 all-inclusive type of idea so you need the money for the ticket you need the money for the food bunch of festivities tons of meals so and what do humans you know what's better than food <laughs> right humans love food humans don't know how to get together without food unless it's a funeral which is depressing but so you have you have the happy factor you have the colorful people you have dancing singing and then you have a bunch of eating and potentially drinking if you like drinking getting a little tipsy some yayin some wine sometimes it takes a little wine to really get into the spirit wine is a spiritual thing if you can drink wine in a spiritual place like that it could take you to very high places um, what else? I'm just trying to really just off the top of my head, I'm trying to think what is Oman uh, beyond the surface, right? Beyond what we're told, beyond the videos that trickle out of there. What What is it really on a spiritual level? What is it on a soulful level? Um, I guess we could say it's life-changing. All of these experiences that I just discussed combined gives you a life-changing, a life-altering experience, kind of like I explained, when you take substances or a strong drug like ecstasy. A lot of people do acid, and there's a lot of stuff that I have not tried, but I can imagine how it opens and broadens your horizons. Ecstasy is something that I tried when I was younger, and I had, it was a really good e-pill, and it changed me. Thank God I never, and I didn't, I didn't get hooked on any of these drugs, and you know, it was my teenage years, but I understand the phenomenon of the phenomena of um, experiencing something that opens you up, broadens your horizons, helps you see better, see clearer, and, and more experience, more love, uh, more expression, more honesty, and all that stuff. So, all of these experiences combined, all these experiences that I explained combined, will give you that amazing life-altering experience. Um, some of the stuff that you should not do and some of the perspectives that a lot of people are chasing. It's literally, it's literally like a drug, right? Uman or the experience is like a drug, right? Because you don't have to have, you don't have to take a, a, a negative substance, meaning a substance that's not good for you physically in order to, to get a high or to have that, a crazy experience. You could do something like go to Uman or skydiving. There are things you could do that are natural that give you crazy experiences, amazing experiences. But just like with regular drugs, people start chasing it. So you go to Oman, let's say it's your first year, you have an amazing experience because it's so, it's so abnormal, it's so out of the ordinary, it'll blow your mind, let's say, unless you just the person that's unimpressed by anything, by everything. <laughs> um, 
But if you're, you know, an average person, it's an amazing experience the first time. And then what happens is you want to go back the next year because you want that high. You want that experience. And as the years unfold, I could testify that those experiences cannot be relived. Just like with drugs. You're not going to get that same experience again. So uh, this is just prep talk. Don't make that mistake of trying to chase that experience. The more you let go, and I go year after year, I only skipped one year, I've been going for like seven, eight years. The more you go, and the more you're able to let go when you take this journey, the better experience you have. So I always go with my compadres, my peeps, and we have uh, DMCs, deep and meaningful conversations. Because we're traveling together, we're sleeping together, we're talking, you know. So, so I have these conversations, so I know how my friends feel and they know how I feel. And we've discussed this a lot. And what we've realized, and I try to do this every year, is that the more you're able to let go and not try to, to create an experience, the more of an experience you have. So this is a really, really important point. If you do go, because what happens is you'll hear a lot of times people like they'll go for five, ten years... And they're like, they get fed up with it. What are you getting fed up with? <laughs> are you getting fed up with eating ice cream? You've been eating ice cream your whole life. It's just a good experience. You get fed up with it when you're trying to make it something that it isn't. And it isn't everything. It's just a good spiritual experience. It's not ice cream. It's just a good soulful experience. So if that's all you're going for, that's all you're going to get every time. And that's all you want to get. It's not a festival, even though it's uh, compared to one. In a certain sense, it's very festive and it's kind of festival-like. Music and people and you could buy trinkets and Israelis. You know, we know Israelis are a whole bunch of fun. But... In retrospect, it's just a good experience. So if you want to go and then continue to go and have a good experience, you have to get into that spiritual mindset. Be very, very mindful that you go every year with complete simplicity, completely humble and bittle. You're just going to have a good experience. That's it. And all the negative, all the naysayers partying or people come up with such funny things to be against it because they never went right that's what haters do they never fucking went they have no goddamn clue they don't have the slightest hint of what oman is they saw a picture or video so they, they have an opinion on the matter <laughs> that's the it's the world we live in people have opinions on things that they know nothing about and with their opinion comes stupidity like better if you stay here because you'll daven more or better in shul locally than you know I'm perfectly okay and because I've seen personally you know if I'm gonna go on a personal level let me just say that I went before I was married um, and everything I prayed for I received everything I prayed for in Oman Every year, I receive. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into a whole uh, theological, philosophical 
debate here whether prayer works or not. All I know is that from my personal experience, I prayed for a lot of things. I received a lot of things. Um, and when I say I prayed for a lot of things, we're talking about a three, four hour hidbodadut session, right? I went out in the field. I sat on the mountain for three, four hours straight talking to Hashem, having a conversation with God in a holy place like that. And the reason we call it holy is because about 30,000 martyrs were buried there. They didn't want to convert when they were held at sword type of idea. So sitting there and having a couple hour conversation with God about my life, about my needs, about my regrets, and then receiving is an amazing experience. And it's a personal experience. And I'm not the only one, but I'm not going to share for other people. You could come and try it yourself. So, if you're going to tell me that being in Pomona and going to Shoal, because I'll say more words in the book is better than sitting on a mountain and talking to Hashem for three hours in a holy place where my prayers are answered clearly because everything I prayed for I got, then no, then I, I say you're wrong. At least for me, for my life, that's not the right decision. I would rather go to Oman, have one prayer session and feel a crazy strong spiritual connection than to stay in the States and daven in a book. So you say, well, you could do his brother, you could do his brother here. Go do personal prayer here. But you don't. And that's just the, the whole point. When I'm here, I don't do it here. When I'm there, I do do it. So you might say, well, you have to strengthen yourself. And that might be true. But let's deal with facts and reality. The naysayers that want to pretend like you're going to have some kind of experience here that you know you're not going to have, you're just distorting reality. You're lying to yourself. Yes, you could create a great experience here, but do you? You have to ask yourself that. You can create a great experience here, but do you create a great experience here? The answer most likely is no. It's a mediocre experience here. So if you're looking for a good experience that is automatically created there by all of the little titbits I shared, the colorful, the happiness, the minimalism, all that stuff, the singing, dancing, it, it, meaning it's created for you, then by any measure, it makes more sense to go there. It's an could go even deeper on a deeper level all of prayer all of our spiritual and religious devotion is essentially there to do one thing and that is change you change your insights to help you be a better person help you feel more love help you express more help you live uh, a life that is closer to God a close relationship with God right that is essentially why we pray and do everything. It's to really change ourselves, to change our our DNA makeup. <laughs> you know. 
so in that regard, yeah, it's, it's more important to go have a crazy experience that will change you than it is to stay somewhere where you're going to have a mediocre experience. Then there's issues when you're married and you have kids, leaving your kids. If you, if, the, if you have boys and they're older, you could bring them. Yes, it gets complicated. There's nothing fancy and there's no way to dress up the idea of leaving your wife behind, your spouse behind, to have a great spiritual experience. There's no way to make that fancy. Traditionally, and from within the Hasidus sects, where the woman is beside the man and she wants him to go and and let me just make something clear a real breast of woman who shears Hasidic values wants their husband to go they literally wouldn't feel good if their husband didn't go so it's an important distinction to make but the thing is though we're dealing with uh, so many people who are not really Breslov and they're not, they don't have spouses who share that value system or that passion for the Hasidic works. So naturally they don't feel that way. And that is a little bit of a complexity that's hard to deal with, but it needs to be dealt with. Meaning, dealt with, I don't mean uh, you have to you know, deal with your wife. I'm saying it's something that, that it's worthy of a conversation. You literally have to speak to your spouse. Your spouse has to let you go. There's no such thing. These crazy lies that go. There's no such thing that Rabbi Nachman wanted or anybody wants you to come when your wife doesn't want you to leave. It's a horrible thought. It completely distorts the whole concept of everything that is spiritual and good. You should not leave your family, your wife, Unless the spouse is 100% on board. And when I say deal with it, if you want your spouse to be on board, communication. <laughs> Ain't that easy, huh? Yeah. Gotta sit and talk. When's the last time you sit and talked to your spouse? Sat and had a one, two, three hour conversation. But that ain't easy. Without, without conversation, without communication... You don't get anything good in life, in general, especially in relationship. So your spouse is not in, you can't be in. You want her to be in, you better have really good and convincing conversations with her. And if she ain't in, you can't be in. If, and I say if, you have the merit, the zechut, of getting to go to Oman for Rosh Hashanah. And let me tell you something, it's a merit. It will change your life. If you want to go, but there are roadblocks that are preventing you from going outside of what I've discussed and what I mentioned talk to God about it sometimes it could take years literally you literally have to talk to God about it for a couple years doesn't happen overnight doesn't doesn't it's not like oh I talked to God for an hour didn't no you have to talk to God about it for years until it happens that's if you want to go but there are real stumbling stumbling blocks or roadblocks 
that are preventing you from going. Talk to Hashem about it. And I hope that you have the merit to go. It is a blessing and the biggest gift if you are chosen by the Almighty to go to Oman. It will change your life. It will give you an experience unparalleled if you come with the right attitude, the right humility, the right mindset. I hope, pray, and wish that you get to experience something this beautiful, hopefully this year, and expand your horizons, see beyond the stigmas, the lies, the rumors, take control of your own life, and make decisions that will benefit you and your spiritual journey and experience. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you.